Good morning, good morning, good morning, Grace Place family. Welcome to Vision Sunday. Vision Sunday always follows on the heels of uh, our Easter celebration, and we always come back and revisit uh, purpose and mission and kind of what, what we're all about and what God has called us to be and to do. If you have your Bibles with you today or your Bible apps, you want to look at uh, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. We'll jump into that in just a moment. We a few of the guys uh, went uh, to the men's conference, and this is our first time to go to this one, and it was really outstanding. Uh, we bring back uh, good news that uh, it's it's a great place to go. It's a, it's a good event, so we will put that on our calendar for next year, too, and we'll get a little head on it and announce it, let you guys know, so you can come and be a part of that. But we are coming off the heels of that, uh, refreshed, encouraged. I have to say that I'm always like uh, just astounded at how it impacts me personally to get into a worship environment and you hear these booming men voices, you know, um, hundreds of guys just thundering out the praises of God. Uh, I, I hearken back to remember the Promise Keepers rallies and those things where it was just so outstanding to hear these guys uh, singing uh, men singing, you just, you know, you don't hear that all the time. It's just these deep bass and baritone voices, you know, just calling out to God and worshiping. And it was just an incredible time. So we had a great time. A lot of recreation stuff going on uh, as well. And so it was it was a good time. All right. So we're looking at uh, Vision Sunday. We're looking at uh, Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18, a passage that you're probably very familiar with. And let me read that to you. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. I want to share it with you out of uh, Eugene Peterson's uh, The Message, which is a kind of a paraphrase, a very loose paraphrase of Scripture. I really liked how he expounded a little bit on the passage we just read. So this same section out of his paraphrased would read this way. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. <laughs> but when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. We started um, back in 2000. Uh, 20 at the beginning before we knew about everything that was going to unfold with the theme that we believe God had laid on our heart, which was awaken. And I believe that that's been going on for some time, but I believe that uh, there's been real emphasis as to what God is doing revival wise and, and awakening his church. This awakening that is taking place, I believe, is primarily towards the church. Uh, the nation is sound asleep. <laughs> When you hear, we talked about it last week, when you hear the word woke in our world, it means go to sleep. It is the opposite of what theologically is being stated in, in, in Scripture. It means don't pay any attention. Just go relax and, and go back to sleep. But God is moving in His church, and He is saying, awaken. And I believe God has been awakening the church for some time now and getting us ready for what is next. And it's great for us to talk about that on uh, Vision Sunday. But 
To begin with, we need to understand that no matter what is going on in our world or in our nation or in our city or in our locality, God never is on pause. He's always moving. God is moving now, right? You may be on pause, but God is still moving, right? We pause often for events and, and tragedies and grief and different kinds of things, but through the midst of everything that happens, God is still moving. Some may be saying, you know, I pressed pause because, you know, I, I'm going to wait until I get that better job. And when I get that better job, then I can really, I'll have more funds and, and I can do what I want to do, you know, what God is calling me to do. Some may say, you know what, once everybody gets vaccinated, you know, once uh, the mandates come down, you know, once, once uh, you know, the restrictions for COVID are, are lifted somewhat, then, then we'll get engaged. Some may be saying, when I get a bigger house, <coughs> I want to be used by God house it's going to be a a place where we're going to invite people to come maybe we'll start something in our neighborhood like big questions that you wondered about god and, and we'll get we'll get together but it has to be after i get out of my apartment or after i get out of this small place or when i get the bigger house when i get the place that my dreams can really expand right and so you press pause so i may be saying you know when i get a soulmate that's when, man, that is going to, you know, doing, serving alone is no fun. And so when I get a soulmate, you know, then, then I'm really going to start doing things for God. You know, some may be saying, you know, when my health is better, when my health is better, I'm, I'm going to press start again. Right now, just pause, you know, but when, I'm going to press start again when my health is better, right? Some may be saying, you know what, uh, when I get more time in my day... <laughs> then I, I'm going to definitely, you know, get off pause. I'm just so busy. I'm so consumed with everything that's going on. And, and as soon as I get a little more time, a little more freedom, then, you know, then I'm going to engage in what, what God wants me to do. God never goes on pause. And God has been awakening His church. He's been building and awakening His church throughout all the things that have been going on God has been moving. We were talking this, uh, this morning about, you know, different little things that we're seeing around our nation where you see God moving continuously. And one instance was what has been going on with the uh, Sean Foyt-led movements that have been going from city to city. We're seeing the miraculous take place. Uh, we watched just recently where people who had drug addictions and alcohol addictions were bringing the paraphernalia up to the platform, laying it down in piles. We, we were watching as, as people who were sick and a person that was in a wheelchair was, came out of the wheelchair, his wife standing behind him, shocked that he's standing up. And uh, it's pictures of God moving while other people are on pause, right? God is always at work. He's always doing something. And what he's doing most right now, I believe, is shaking and awakening his church, his church. His mighty church to do the work that God has called us to do, to be what he has called us to be. So what is God doing where you and I are? Let's bring this home and kind of think about where we are right now and what's going on around us. We've been experiencing uh, population growth at record. Uh, you know, it's been incredible what's going on. Is anybody uh, aware of the housing crisis and trying to find a place to, to live, and, and the, the climb of uh, the prices on homes, it's doubled, tripled in some instances, in some areas. 
Um, there are, you know, million-dollar homes used to be a rarity, but now I, I look through listings in, in Austin, and there are million-dollar homes on every corner just about. It's amazing what has been going on, and the market is being driven that way because population is exploding, and the population is exploding because lots of economic jobs are coming here, and people are moving here from places where they don't have jobs any longer, or they've been shut down too long, and companies have gone out of business, and those kinds of things. And so uh, we have, like Elon Musk has moved here, and he's, he's hiring 10,000 people for jobs in the Austin area to, uh, to support the company work that he's going to be doing. Uh, and uh, they're building that right now. They're, they're breaking ground, and, and they're beginning to hire. And you know, we can think, well, 10,000 people, that doesn't sound like that many people, but we're not talking about 10,000 people, are we? We're talking about 10,000 households, right? Yes. So sections uh, that are going to, of, of the cities around here, they're going to grow by 40,000 people, 50,000 people, 60,000 people, just because one company is hiring 10,000 people. We uh, see around us, uh, in addition, we saw the more than 6,000 tech job openings posted just in the month of March, 6,000. Uh, we see Amazon uh, has been opening their center, I think is mostly operational now, 820,000 square feet site in Pflugerville, right here in our backyard. You know, we're sitting on the border of Round Rock, Pflugerville, and uh, they, they have created 1,000 new jobs, and there are support jobs that are connected to those. And again, we're not talking about 1,000 people, are we? No, we're talking about 1,000 households that are going to work. And uh, it's incredible what's going on around us. We just drive around. Have you just taken the time lately to drive around? Uh, isn't it amazing how stuff is just popping up out of the ground? You know, like, wow, I remember when that, there was nothing there. And now there's a standing building uh, just popping up out of the ground. And, and for the, if you just take, you know, if you don't drive for two or three weeks and then you take a little drive around the block, it's amazing. Just a few blocks from your house. What is going on? Housing subdivisions. Uh, we have seen all kinds of apartment complexes going up for uh, this emergency housing need that's going on. Cities are just rushing it, putting it into action. You know, where it used to take years to be okayed for building uh, some of these great complexes. Now they're fast-tracking them because people are begging. They don't want to live on the street, right? They want a home. They don't want to commute, you know, uh, 50, 60, 70 miles uh, to go to work. So it's amazing what's been happening around us. Austin and the surrounding cities are booming with growth. Now, what does God have in store for us locally here as a church in the midst of all this wave of growth? And they stumble all over themselves. And it's clear that when we don't have clarity and vision. We, we can, even in business, when someone's starting a small business and they don't have clarity about what the needs are in their immediate area, they may not be serving those immediate. You know, the, the community's already being served by that bakery, right? And so getting clarity begins with clarity, doesn't it? In order to see what is going to maximize our opportunity, right? Maximize the opportunity to do what God has called us to do. Now, what does that mean for us? Now, every member of the body, I'm okay with churches establishing mission statements, vision statements. We have it. You know, we have all of this. But in reality, aren't we all just doing the same thing? <laughs> you know, it's, I've seen churches that get too involved in activism or other kinds of things, and they stray away from mission, loving each other just like we would love ourselves. 
making sure that everybody is needs are taken care of, you know, and, and that, that is what God has put in our sphere of influence, right? That we are serving and praying and ministering and trying to help sharing what we have, and certainly the abundance, but also just sharing uh, out of the poverty sometimes that, that we have just Bray Mouse, Donald Duck, and Goofy sitting around, you know, in this really poor house and you know, just very tiny slices so everybody and and it gets over on Donald Duck's plate and he looks at you can see right through it right it's just there's nothing there's hardly any substance but sometimes we're sharing out of our poverty right but we are loving when lost you know that's a part of our mission statement here 29 um, we're to seek and to save that which is lost and we talk a lot about taking the gospel to those that God has put in our sphere of influence and making it clear so they can understand it and make a decision for Jesus Christ. And then finally, he says, once we have reached them and we have won them into the kingdom, we are to disciple them. That's kind of what this building is all about, the children's wing, and all available for us to teach and to train and to equip people to be able to do what God has called them to do and to become everything that God has called them to do. My question is, do we see clearly how we can fit into the vision and what, what part our part is in the vision? It reads, but when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. The biggest blessing comes out of when we attend to the mission, when we see clearly what our part is in it and we get engaged in it. Life outside of purpose has no meaning it, it can only be spent it can't be invested but life with purpose is a life invested in generations the kingdom of god is the home of the fully surrendered and the fully committed jesus said to in, in luke chapter 9 verse 62 no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom what's he saying if you are a member of the kingdom of God, if you're a member of the church, the body of Christ, you are a member because you're all in. You know, it's, uh, I think about our marriage, you know, Michelle and I, and she wouldn't be happy if I said, you know, I am one quarter in with you. A quarter of the time, I'm going to be there. You can count on me, you know. Uh, Mondays and Wednesdays. <clears throat> she wouldn't be happy if I said half the time. Half the time, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and half of Thursday, you can count on. She would not be happy if I said three quarters of the time. Because likely what she would be doing is, is calling me up on that quarter that, we were, that I was off. I'm sorry, you know, you just happened to hit that one moment that we're not on, right? Okay, so I, I can't help you with that. When we get involved in marriage, we're 100%, right? We're all committed. We're, you know, and, and uh, maybe you haven't done this yet, so this, this might be um, encouraging news for you. Combine those bank accounts. It's one family, right? <laughs> we are working together. We're united, okay? And uh, I, I know it's challenging. Well, he brought bills, and she brought bills, and now we're together and there are bills, you know, and let's get rid of them and let's get educated on how to live smartly, right? We do class here. You can come and take the class 
on how to, nine weeks on how to get your finances in order, Dave Ramsey's class. We will do that here, and you can, we can help teach you how to get functionally operating. But if you're all together, right, then you're all together. You're all in. And that's the way God wants us, right? God wants us all in. He says, no one that's, that has put his hand to the plow says, hey, I'm, I'm totally committed, and looks back, he's going to get, you know, this is about farming, he's going to get crooked rows and things are not going to work out if he's always looking back at what he missed or what's behind him or what other opportunity there might be. God says you need to, when you get all in, you need to be all in. And you need to continue to press towards the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. So how do we know if we are all in for Jesus? There are three questions that you need to answer. And this is a great day for you to answer those questions. And I want to I clarify here, the first one is, would you be willing to give your life for this vision? I first want to say, I'm not talking about my vision. I'm not talking about this church's mission statement or uh, vision statement or any other church's mission or vision statement. What I'm talking about is what God's mission is. Are you all in? Are you all in with all of your life for the vision that God has given? The second question that we need to answer this morning is, would you be willing to give your life savings for this vision? Is there a picture of that in Scripture? I think there was a guy named the Rich Young Ruler where he said, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. You see, what he's basically saying is, God gave all this to you. Anybody ever know anyone that went completely broke and then, and then got all their money back? Does anybody know any of those stories? I know several stories where, where people just went bankrupt, practically, and recaptured it again and, and you know, went to the area of being a millionaire. Uh, it's amazing what can happen when we don't look at things as if we have done it. <laughs> when we hold loosely to everything that we have and we understand our role as stewards. All right, God, if you want it all tomorrow, it's yours. We have lived in our houses that way. Um, you know, we told our children from, from the very first day, you know, when we move into a new home, this, you can't eat in your bedrooms. Um, there, we gave them the list of rules, things they can't do. Uh, in various parts of the house, you eat at the table here. Uh, this is we're taking care of this house. Well, why, mom, dad? This is our home. You know, we should be able to do what we want to do. My friends, you know, they're eating chips and drinking pop and stuff in their bedroom. We're like, this is not our house. It's God's. We're stewarding it for the next owners. The next owners are going to come in here and give us a better price for this house because we didn't wear it out. <laughs> we we kept it ready for them. And they're going to walk in here. The walls have been touched up. Uh, they're not dinged and banged up. Everything functions. Toilets flush. They don't leak. <laughs> you know? We're going to take care of this house because we're stewards. This is not going with me when I exit this world, right? I've seen, I've seen anybody take their house with them. Anybody seen any? If you have, I just I want to go look. I want to see that. Nobody takes it. Uh, they say there's no U-Hauls down at the funeral home, right? I mean, it's just all staying behind. As Michelle and I get older, and very recently we've been doing a lot of this, going appraising all the stuff in our house, going, man, I don't want the kids to have to mess with this stuff. And we were just basically saying to them, do you want this? You know, we saved it thinking that, you know, it might have some memory to you. If you don't want it, we're getting rid of it, right? We're selling it if it has value, or we're giving it away to someone who needs it, or whatever is going on, because we've been through that, 
her and I have. We lost her mom and her dad and my dad at a very early age, and we were sitting around with a bunch of stuff, you know, just a, just a pile of stuff. And we have in our house a big brass eagle <laughs> that belonged to her dad. It's huge. And for, for a while, it was like a family joke. We would give it to each other at Christmas or whatever, you know, just pass it around. Like, it matches nobody's decor, right? But it's a giant, heavy eagle. If you've ever watched The Office, there's one of those in the background in one of the, one of the episodes. We're like, ah, oh, there's our eagle. Oh, you know, that's famous. <laughs> and it's, you probably couldn't even find it if you came to my house because it's kind of in a hidden area and stuff like that. But we're just like, why are we hanging on to this, right? What, what value? It meant something to him. We love him. We think about them often. But we don't think about him every time we look at the eagle, right? I think about him when I look at my life and how he impacted my life. Her dad was like my dad, you know. He loved me. Uh, as a young man, he met me 19 years old. My car was all broken down, and, and uh, he tore it apart, you know. Uh, I helped him side by side, you know. And, and then we started working together in ministry. I learned much of what I know about ministry from just working with him and uh, serving with him. What a great man of God that he was. And I, that's how I remember him, not the things right? And uh, it's okay, have some things, we have some things, but accumulating too much is not good, right? So would you be willing to give your life savings for his vision, right? The third question then would be, would you be willing to say, though none go with me, still I will follow? We are living in that age right now like never before, aren't we? Where, where we're watching progressive Christianity take away people that were friends of ours. Progressive Christianity has, uh, has, uh, has begun to cause people to move astray from the Word of God. They're seeing a one-dimensional God, right? And uh, they, they are unable to live out the whole of Scripture. If anything offends, they're running from it. They're saying, I don't want it. You know, God wouldn't offend me. He wouldn't hurt my feelings. Are you serious? <laughs> One of Jesus' favorite roles was, was tearing up the church when he was here. You know, the Pharisees, you know, he just really nailed them to the wall, right? <laughs> called them snakes, vipers, you know, whited sepulchers. You know what a whited sepulcher is? He was calling them a graveyard. You are a graveyard. There's no life in you. He goes into their temple one time, turns over everything, and kicks people out, whipping them, right, with a whip. He's rushing him out of the house of God saying, this is the house of prayer. It's, you've made it a den of iniquity. You have, you're, you're selling stuff here that, that, uh, that has nothing to do with the mission and the purpose of God. I'm reestablishing it. We're going we're gonna to start again what this house is really all about. Amen? So none go with you. Will you follow? Well, my, my favorite Christian influencer, they kind of think this way. None go with you. Will you follow? Will you go where God has sent you? Those questions will help us get clarity. Are you all in for the mission that Jesus gave to his followers? Why is it important to be all in? And here's the key. If you don't take anything else away today, please take this away. Revelation is the product of dedication. We see clearly what we are committed to or dedicated to. I see my marriage as a vital part of my life because I'm 100% in, 100% in. And when I think about my marriage, I see my wife, I see the commitment that I have to her, to my family, 
And I am 100% in. Revelation comes from being dedicated and committed and engaged to, to the, what, is, what God has called us to. And in the passage that we open with, it says where there is no revelation. And the King James renders that second section to say where there's no revelation, there, the people perish. They die. They die where there's no revelation. We see clearly what we are clearly committed to see, right? So when we get clearly committed, everything becomes clear, right? We start seeing what our role is and what our function is inside the mission and the vision that God's given us. I can come up with all kinds of ideas for us as a church, you know, thing we could food banks and, and uh, you know, we could start a, a you know, a big a community garden on the, on the property and things like that. I can come up with all kinds of ideas, right? But that's not your thing, right? God gives you clarity on how to play this out, on what this, this building is about and what this property is as you get 100% in. All of a sudden, you start coming to me and going, Pastor, uh, you know, all the people in my neighborhood are struggling with um, a particular issue. What if we started something at the church that would help people who have that kind of problem? Right? Let's do it. You're all in. You got clarity. You see what the need is. Let's, let's minister to the need. The mission that Jesus gave the church, though, is at risk if it's placed in the hands of the uncommitted. One of the most, uh, I was sharing with somebody the other day, one of the most discouraging years in ministry in my life was, uh, I think, back in 2017 here, when we did 52 hours with God. Why was it discouraging? Because uh, we were talking about 52 times a year we come to church, right? 52 um, Sundays in a year. So 52 hours with God. And uh, so for the first time, really, in my ministry, I got very focused on attendance and how people were coming to church. And suddenly I realized there were some people that were only coming 11 or 12 times a year, sometimes 20 times a year, 25 times a year. Big uh, attendance sometimes was, was only, you know, 35 or 40 times a year. And it got me discouraged because I started thinking, what can we do to develop people in, in those windows to really shape them for Christ? You start thinking about it, you know, someone who came 12 or 15 times a year, they might have hit the beginning or the end of every series <laughs> throughout the year and yet had no clue what it was really all about, right? And, uh, and so, you know, I, I was thinking, wow, what can be accomplished if we don't start with just the, you know, this is like the basics of Christianity. You got, you got to show up to grow up, right? I mean, this is not anything like, this is not anything, you know, uh, to write home about or whatever. This is, this is the basics of Christianity, you know, is, is uh, to, be, to being all in, let's come together. We need the body of Christ. We need to worship together. It's a little different now because we do have, back then we didn't have online. We didn't have a lot of that stuff. So now we have a way for people to stay connected, even if they have to miss because of sickness or something like that. And uh, certainly those, that's understandable. You know, there are seasons that you go through where something happens. You can't. So now we have a way for them to stay connected. But prior to that, no way to stay connected. And, uh, you know, uh, it, 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 was, it was discouraging. But how are we going to do this? And that was probably part of the birth of the online church right there. I was thinking, man, we got to find a way to get into people's living rooms and homes, right? If they can't come here, we need to go there, right? It's quiet in here today. <laughs> 
Now, most of us who are, are here today had nothing to do with the start of the completion of this original building, right? Uh, that we have been privileged to be able to gather together and worship in today. I have to tell you how thankful I am for those people, those pioneers, those people who used their time and their talent and their treasure to buy this property. In many ways, you and I are uh, the legacy of those people who sacrificed to build this building and to purchase this property. And those people were, in their time, all in. I never met really any of them. Um, they were all in for Jesus, and they could, by faith, see you and I sitting here today. And by faith, they went out and uh, they sacrificed to give in building funds to purchase 15 acres here. Because when they were here originally, there was only about 30 or 40,000 people, you know, around this, this whole area. Very small. But yet, they saw something vision-wise about today that there would be people pouring in here every weekend you know almost 10 times more than are moving out and they would be pouring in here as families as singles as uh, young marrieds as elderly and they would be pouring in to move here and once they got planted and things began to go well, other members of their family behind would start coming. And uh, they would find jobs here, and they would find a place here. Maybe mom and dad that's elderly would move in with them and stay here because they have secure and good tech jobs here. They saw this by faith. And by faith, they sacrificed with their talents, with their time, with their treasure, to build this building, to purchase this property. They had vision. They saw ahead. And I'm so grateful that they did. And I'm so grateful for this incredible gift. Michelle and I are more thankful maybe than you realize because our time in Phoenix, a long season at the same church, 23 years, uh, was a season of, of inheriting uh, so much less than what we have here and trying to develop it and build it and make it functional. And it was um, so much work. And so when we walked in here and saw, saw what you had, what was available, what God had given, we were so, so grateful. Man, there's so much room for, for growth. Passage says, but when they attend to what he reveals, they are blessed. They were living, the people before us, were living on the side of sacrifice, right? They came in here and they were living on the side of sacrifice, trying to see ahead what it would look like, but they, it was sacrificial for them to buy the property. And then you can imagine them walking out here and looking at 15 acres of land and going, wow, this is 15 acres of land. <laughs> and then they build the building, they go, wow, the building, okay. Uh, yeah, we have a place now, we can come and we can... We can gather together and we can meet, right? And uh, they were looking ahead in time to try to see what God would accomplish. I know I was told of some who would 
come here and walk the property completely along the boundaries and pray. They're praying for you. Praying for you. And they would walk all around these 15 acres just saying, God, we don't know what their names will be. God, we don't know if they'll have children or they don't have children. God, we don't know anything at all about them, but you know them by name. You fashioned them and you formed them. Let this land be a blessing to them and to their children and to their grandchildren. Can you see what God wants to do with you on the blessing side? They lived on the sacrifice side. Give funds, offerings taken all the time for building funds. They probably had thermometers to show now we have 20,000. Now we have 30,000. Now we have 40. Praise God, we're up to 100,000. And they would rejoice and, you know, everybody would get happy, right? We can start this part of the building. We can start that part of the building. But you and I, we've walked into blessing. How do you live on the blessing side of it? God said to, to Abraham early on in Genesis, he said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to pour out my blessings you're going to have more cattle. You're going to have more children. You're going to have heritage that is rich. You're going to have land. You're, I'm going to take you to a place that is going to be outstanding and great and profitable and a blessing to your life. Abraham's like, yeah, living on the blessing side is really cool. I like living on the blessing side. Those guys who are on the sacrificing side, we read about in Psalms, you know, to the valley of Baca they went, digging hole after hole after hole. Uh, hoping to find water, right? But then there was those that came behind them that they said lived from blessing to blessing because the holes those guys dug when it rained filled up with water. <laughs> the barren holes that were dug throughout the valley of Baca were filled with water when the rains came. And so the second generation went from blessing to blessing. Hey, there's another water hole. Hey, there's another water hole. <laughs> How do you live on the side of blessing? God had a little hook in it for Abraham, right? He says, yeah, you're going to be blessed. But he said, now, through you, all the nations of the world are going to be blessed. Amen. All the nations of the world. Ah, there's work to do. <laughs> there's work to do. Whatever we've received, we're now to everyone around us. I'm going to invite our worship team to come back. On your seats, there's a card. On one side of that card, it reads, I'm all in. And on the other side, there are three responsibilities of godly stewardship, three responsibilities of blessings. I'm all in with my time for God and his vision. I'm all in with God with my talents, my gifts that God has given me. You know, uh, there are all kinds of wonderful gifts in our body. It's just amazing when I sit and talk to people and find out how skilled they are, you know, how gifted they are in various areas. And then finally, in my treasure, God, I'm all in. I'm going to obey you. I'm going to follow you. And what I'm going to ask you to do is, with the, uh, the box, check um, each of those areas. And below that place is a, a place for your, your name and your phone number and your email. Put that down, too, as well. We're going to keep in touch with you. And if you turn these cards in today, we're going to ask you in a moment to bring them to the front. Just put them on the stage here in the front. 
and then find a place across the front because we're going to pray together on Vision Sunday as a church for the mission that God is bringing to us, right? And we didn't have to go get them. 30, 40, 50,000 people are just pouring in here, you know, and uh, God's just sending them to our doorstep, right? So all we have to do is be ready for it. We have to be ready to serve and ready to, to, to do. We're living on the blessing side. We felt this card today, and we are going to follow up with an email. We're going to tell you about uh, the class that's coming up. Uh, we're going to start on the 30th. It, and it fits our theme, Rooted Class, and we're going to teach you the principles, the rhythms of being rooted in Christ, right? It's a 10-week class. You're only allowed to miss one. So if you're looking to miss something, um, look at the dates when they pop up. We're going to send you an email. We have a booklet we've already purchased for you. It's free. We're going to give it to you, a guide. Um, and, uh, and, and we'll let you uh, give you that book. If you bring your card in, want to make a commitment, this is where we're going to serve you and help you get ready for what God wants to do. The seven, seven rhythms of being rooted, uh, I think, are up behind me here. Um, and that is, number one, daily devotions. Prayer, freedom from strongholds, serving the community, sacrificial generosity, and share your story and celebration. Now, I want to say there's going to be some supplemental stuff we're going to give you, but these gatherings aren't all about me teaching you stuff. It's, it's about the, um, us gathering together and discussing these and prioritizing these for our lives. You are going to be as much a part of the class as, as me or Amanda is helping me co-lead. So it's going to be as much you as it will be us. There will be supplemental things that we'll give you to take home. You can listen to, watch, see, that will help you understand better each of these rhythms. But mostly this class is going to be about you, right? Now you're not, if you mark off, if you're looking at the dates and, you, and you're going to miss one you're gonna have to miss one don't miss the last one because the last one's just a celebration right we're gonna we're gonna be doing uh hot dogs homemade ice cream uh you know it's, just, it's gonna be a really good time here so don't miss class 10 if you're gonna pick one to miss you know <laughs> miss a different one right god has great things in store for your life god has great things in store for us and uh, so I'm going to invite you to come, bring your card, put them right here, and then we're going to pray together and we're going to finish with worship. <laughs>